0: Welcome back to DM Nastics, the gym for Dungeon Masters to work out their minds. I'm one of your hosts, DM Neil, a.k.a. Maniac.
1: And I'm one of your other hosts, or your other host. It's me, DM Celeste.
0: Yep, we looked around. It's just the two of it's us. It's
1: just the two of us in the gym here. Aw, yes. bummer.
0: Well, that's okay. But today we're going to talk about episode number 155, bringing the magic of magic to D&D. Monsters of the Multiverse 2, featuring hashtag magic mark. That was a mouthful, but we're done with it. <laughs> so that also leads us to gymnastics number 128, Solitary Refinement. Like solitary confinement.
1: confinement. Oh uh, gosh, these just get better and better every week, Neil.
0: Every single
1: time. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So for this exercise, we went ahead and posted some magic cards in the forum uh all of these cards that we put up here were either the sultari or the Praetors, and i'm just going to commit to these words and say them really strongly like uh, i definitely know how to pronounce them uh so essentially we had all of these different cards for folks to choose from and for the exercise we invited you to grab one and basically show us how you would put it in your own homebrew world
0: Yes, and if you want to find more and fall down like a 20-year-old rabbit hole, feel free to Google either Sultari or Praetor and have fun.
1: There is a lot of information out there, and it is crazy. Like all things in Magic the Gathering, just a crazy cool backstory going on here.
0: So, the question, the ultimate question, which one do you want to highlight from the forums?
1: Alright, so yeah, so I wanted to highlight this post from Rorik here. Uh so he went ahead and chose the Soltari monk, which is this this really cool card. The Soltari sort of look like ectoplasm ghosts like swathed mm-hmm. in these uh these robes. So it's this just this really cool scene of this yeah, this monk like figure surrounded by clouds. And uh his description for how he would incorporate this, uh the Soltari monk, he crossed void to take part in our world, and his wisdom has been a great boon. But recently a medium visited his solitary place of meditation and left deeply disturbed. She says that a dark and demonic creature lingers around the monk. Is it a curse upon this sorrowful being that we must free him of? Or did he ferry this horror into our world of his own free will?" So it was dun, just really dun, dun. yeah like super into that description uh this figure who came across to her own world yet has this darkness still surrounding him was a was a pretty cool concept.
0: Yeah, it's just a perfect play of the two images because there's this shadow-based creature behind it and that's part of the mechanical if you will aspect of the Sultari of the Sultari is that there's always tied to black and shadow and things like that. So well done, Rourke, as always, but that means it's my turn, and I'm going to highlight very sleepy DM, which I feel like that's each and every one of us as we stay up too late before the <laughs> all, session.
1: All the time. We stay up in the gym getting swole, and then we're so sleepy.
0: hmm and we definitely do not prepare for our sessions the night before.
1: Nope, I'm definitely not preparing for my session this evening. <laughs> nope,
0: not at all, <laughs> by, by doing this exercise, and- <laughs> They went ahead and picked the Sultari Crusader, which the Sultari, you know, and we've kind of alluded to it, is they also have kind of this ghost between worlds aspect to them as well. And so it's this Crusader on top of this creature. And it's, you know, like you said, it's that kind of ectoplasm feel. You're not really sure what it is, but
1: it sort of looks like a buffalo, if yeah. I had to guess.
0: <laughs> so they gave us this the Sultari Crusader an incorporeal figure brought back to the physical plane not through necrotic means but through a deep and holy connection to the land they were sworn to protect this deceased paladin patrols the blighted land surrounding an ancient tower and zeroes in on any adventurers unlucky enough to see the tower as a beacon in this desolate landscape they speak no words, but with their presence comes a harmonic hum that vibrates the air louder and louder until the burst of a clarion call signals the beginning of battle, and that's awesome.
1: Heck yeah! It's like a, it's like a revenant on spooky steroids, essentially. Yeah. Well, yeah. especially
0: especially the idea of adding that as like a mechanical piece as well is like this sonic attack that mm-hmm. kind of sig- signals. You know, and here roll initiative. I mean, part of me. Although this is a little bit cheesy, so use at your own risk would be starting the combat with that. Um, with the idea of here, roll this save, you're taking this damage, now roll initiative. Mm-hmm. Um, that's definitely not a tactic I would say to employ every battle, but I think it's really cool way to mix it up now and again. Definitely. I mean... Because let's be honest, if you don't do it every, I mean, if you always roll initiative, it feels like on occasion you may walk into Power Ranger territory where it's like, hey, I know we're not winning, but please give me 30 seconds to a minute so that we can all form up and then we can win.
1: Mm, form of an Ecto Ghost slash Soltari. Yes.
0: <laughs> yes. So thank you, very sleepy DM, for that. But with those out of the way, it's time to lift the mental weights right now.
1: Hoorah. Lifting weights
0: is what I do. Look at me. Lift these weights.
1: Uh, Let's go ahead. What, what one were you looking at?
0: So I was going to pick the Sultari Emissary. Mm. And it seems like a fairly typical adventurer in the in this. And then also there's absolutely mortifying Soltari coming out of what looks to be their staff. So I was thinking it would be a really interesting way to kind of start using the Soltari and then have it be like a summoner. And then you, you know, focusing on the shadow and, you know, it could be a really cool way to theme either your player's warlock or an NPC warlock. And, you know, having this touch between two worlds, especially, you know, in the shadow realm, if you will, and then using all of this amazing lore about the Sultari to kind of flesh that out and make it basically anything you want.
1: Yeah, that's. I mean, that's a super cool idea of like having a sultari as a patron, since they're like in the between spaces mm, between mm-hmm. worlds. So being able to harness that that yeah that ghostly sort of power that they have with them is that's a really cool idea for a warlock patron.
0: Well, and then you taking that a little bit further, you're how. You know, as the power grows in the warlock, in the Sultari, that patron's ability to kind of enter and leave our world. And oh, yeah. so in the beginning, it could just be very small or very faint, depending on how you want to do the ghost. And then you're know, getting stronger and stronger and more corporeal in a way and be super terrifying
1: yeah and i love that idea too like maybe that's why the sultari is offering this power it's like because you need to be powerful enough to bring me over eventually Mm. to full to be fully here in the material realm so maybe that's what that exchange is about i think that'd be a really interesting mechanic
0: i like that and then you hit whatever level and then it just takes you over
1: and then it takes you over it's like mine now thanks bud cool (laughs) nice
0: so what was the one that you wanted to bring up?
1: Yeah, well with talk of all this sultari, sol- I wanted to go ahead and bring in a praetor into this. Uh, so I went ahead and chose again, forgive me if I pronounce this wrong, Jin Detaxius the core augur. So the really cool thing about the praetors, they're basically these Sort of biomechanical creatures that are all about establishing their idea of perfection in the mm-hmm. world. And I mean, this creature, just looking at it, it's absolutely terrifying. It's got these spindly kind of. I don't know, skeleton like hands and these weird like ridges on its back, so it's half machine, half this horrible, undead looking thing. But its purpose is to to rearrange things to make them perfect, which I think in my mind creates a really interesting opportunity for a villain for me because they're mm-hmm. not out for specifically evil intent but they're trying to rearrange the world to their idea of perfection which falls in line with like starting religious cults or like zealotry that your characters could have to face or like who, who even knows the extent of these powers as they're trying to rewrite the the planes around themselves so that that would be like a really interesting boss i think uh, to incorporate into a dnd game
0: yeah, a lot of the Praetors do really well as the big bad because, you know, contextually for those that know, you're in Jin, uh-huh, Yeah.
1: Jin Gataxius. Leading <laughs> into Ga- it. <laughs> well done. Jin
0: Gataxius, the core auger, is eight of any color and two blue. So it is a 10 mana mm-hmm. legendary creature. So these are no joke.
1: Uh, no joke at all. And it's blue, so it's Trixie. So I can imagine this being like... That boss that you don't know is the boss, but is behind all of these these organizations and people. Like, So you're getting more into the core of the story. Like, why are these things changing? Why, why are these strange uh, events happening? And then discovering at the heart of its all, it's basically this almost computer type thing that's trying to redefine uh, the world around it.
0: I like it. Okay, so another one we're going to shout out is another Praetor, which is shield Dread, the Whispering One. And another legendary creature, so again, this very big bad. But I feel like I would probably use this one less tricksy, more straightforward. And one of the big things that sticks out is, A, the terrifying nature of the image itself. It's almost like this demon meets Drider, and there's a giant maw like on the abdomen, and... The mechanic that sticks out is that at the beginning of your upkeep, return target creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield. And so playing back into like the idea of them making things and shaping things and taking like what has died and bringing it back. And so I would definitely want to couple a lot of smaller creatures that I kind of keep bringing back um, each round that goes by, I think would be really, really cool.
1: I love the idea of this this creature like sending the same henchmen after you over and over again, and <laughs> <They> just keep <laughs> rezzing them yeah. and bringing them back. <laughs> this card is absolutely terrifying. Yeah, it's like if a if a bullet and a drider had a horrible demonic baby. This is sort mm-hmm. of what that looks like.
0: Yeah, and from, uh, I mean, thinking about it more, especially at higher level play, the idea of just having one large thing that everyone can hit at the same time has the chance to swing one way or the other, usually the way in favor of the players. But then if you're bringing up all these minions that it, it, essentially there's a control aspect of, we better kill some of these because there's a 5% chance they're critting every time. Oh boy. Yep. So did you have another one that you wanted to highlight?
1: Uh, Yeah, so I'll also go ahead and highlight the Sultari Trooper on here too, as just sort of a smaller monster to throw out. So again, this thing is, it's got this almost like shifting kind of form. It looks like it can probably move its skin around and blend since it is, you know, against the shadows, its form changes and morphs. So this is a cool creature to be able to send in, you know, in an organized fashion, maybe after somebody um but it can fit into these small spaces so it can attack you inside an inn or it can attack you on the road um just because it's its form looks so malleable oh yeah and whenever it attacks you it gets stronger <laughs> so you know that's yeah. always a good thing so maybe the longer uh with, if these things are summoned into the material realm the longer they stay the more powerful they get until they hit that time limit so that idea of maybe as they gain more solidity or substance they become a stronger Mm -hmm. and a harder enemy to fight that's a pretty cool idea for like a little a little merc that you would send out after uh after your pcs
0: man these are making some really terrifying mechanics to use because i mean the other idea is that you know so for the most part you know and you have an enemy that is the enemy that is what it is until it is no longer and the idea of it either getting weaker or stronger is always cool mm-hmm. and the idea of like okay yeah it hit but now it has a plus one mm-hmm. because it hits you and then it hits you again so now it has a plus two and you're right the idea yeah and
1: of, you're watching it get beefier and thicker yeah. like as that's happening during the battle that would be terrifying
0: <laughs> well i mean it says right there on the bottom of the card dothi blood is sultari wine
1: so these things are terrifying. Uh, definitely, yeah. No, I'm loving. I'm loving the Soltari for this. Uh, yeah. yeah, this incorporation. These are nasty.
0: Done, but I think we've done it once again. But as always, the best question is, what is all our information for the internet?
1: Oh yeah. Uh, so my name is Celeste Conowich. Uh You can find me online at c Conowich. and if you want to check out uh, what the, all these sweet, sweet exercises do for me, check me out DMing over on uh, the Venture Maidens podcast, which you can find wherever podcasts are free.
0: Yep. And you can always email us about your use of saltari or Praetors, and you can do that at DMnastics at gmail.com. And of course, head over to Twitter, where you can follow us at DMnastics for daily exercises and of course, our Twitter handles. And for everything else on the network, you can always go to BlockPartyPodcastNetwork.com. But with all that out of the way, let's head to our post workout cool down and stretch with the light bulb.
1: Light bulb.
0: So, on today's light bulb, we are going to. Wholesale Steel, a mechanic from a wonderful game that I take to pretty much every convention, it's kind of my go-to, and it is Phoenix Dawn Command, which you have definitely heard me talk about many times before, but I think one aspect that I haven't talked about is the torch. So Phoenix Dawn Command is very much theater of the mind. At most, you can kind of represent where players are based on putting cards onto a table. So it's very grid-based, but not much going on. So what you do is you write down, you know, in six to 10 things somewhere in there, if even that many on the torch. And then whenever someone uses those items off of the torch, they're allowed to pull an additional card into their hand. So it kind of gives a catalyst for you know, making your moves and your story more engaging because you have literally have a list of things in the room that you can engage with, um, you know, and in some ways, it's for that very video game aspect of like I move my cursor around and look, oh, the pointer turned into a hand. Maybe that's something interesting that I should use. Mm,
1: maybe there's some treasure in this strange box. Aha. Who knows?
0: So my thought would be to have that, you know, if you have a very meaningful battle, have the torch pre-written out and basically say like here, if you use anything on this you're know, in either inspiration or advantage for whatever role you're attempting to make. You mean know, the classic would be I'm the rogue so I'm going to swing off of the chandelier.
1: Ah uh, yes. A good old and chandelier. So the,
0: yes. And so you get advantage. Mm-hmm. So one of the common ones is in the very first intro kind of session for Phoenix Dawn Command, you enter into this room and there's a giant taxidermy to bear. You know, and so do you and the interesting thing is like, okay, so again going to the rogue, well I use that to hide. Because it's a giant bear. Mm-hmm. The barbarian says, yeah, I use that to like smash the other guy Absolutely. because it's a giant taxidermied bear.
1: Best improvised weapon of all time. Yeah.
0: Bear. Yes. As always. Um, so just that idea of being able to use very specific things to get a mechanical advantage and, you know, and kind of in giving your players that direct thing to engage with to make, again, their combat and their story more engaging. What do you think about this?
1: That is an awesome idea. It's just because it's always really hard to when you're trying to keep track of just what your character is going to do specifically, you know, it, it can you can lose sight of all the interesting details in the game. But this is a really fun way to encourage people to think creatively about their options and the setting around them uh, by making it just a little bit easier with those with those items already there. It just is a way to get imagination uh, stirring and yeah, get some inspiration going for for all the funky fun ways we can engage in in combat.
0: Definitely. And so kind of to close this idea out, I mean, I know some people may have already kind of thought like, "Oh, well that'll get abused." Because you've given this list. So both in Phoenix Dawn Command and what I would implement in fifth edition is that the first person to use it can take advantage. But you've all, I mean, that doesn't stop it from being used in flavor text and things like that. But the first person gets that bonus. But again, there's this list of six to 10 things possibly that anybody could use at any time. But again, it's not like he swung from the chandelier. So I swung from the chandelier (laughs) and we all did. And it was magical. (laughs) But with that, we'll turn out the lights and head out of the gym. But of course, before we go, I want to implore you, the listener, to join up on the forums and take part in these challenges and exercises, as well as all of the other amazing conversations being had.
1: To do that, head over to dungeonmastersblock.freeforums.net and try some gymnastics so your players don't ask, do you even lift? Can I trust you'll add your own cardio? Yeah, no, don't put me down for cardio. What are you doing? horizontal running.